If you haven't already read Colossians, I encourage you to pause this, read it through. At a minimum, read through chapter 1. Again, this is not an exhaustive study. If you think this is just going to be um, free-for-all information dump, it's not that. This is where you read your word, and I'm going to read my word with you. And then we're going to just, I'm just going to kind of walk you through the process of how I just let the word minister to my heart and dare to dream about who our God is. Amen? <clears throat> Amen. Chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth of gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. Go back one more time to verse 6. Which has come to you as it is also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. Amen. The word of God in your heart bringing forth fruit. That, as we all know, is what this whole thing is about. We want to be fruit-bearing plants for God, We want the seed of the word of God to land in good soil, spring up, bring forth fruit, yield a crop 30, 60, and 100 forward, bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. Amen. Verse 7. As you also learned from Ephraim, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the spirit for this reason we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding i'm emphasizing these words for a reason we're going to keep reading and come back ask that you be filled with knowledge of his will wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may have a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. I emphasized some of those words like knowledge, wisdom, understanding, might, walking worthy uh, uh, having a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, being fruitful in every good work, in the knowledge of God, long suffering and joy. I emphasize those words in those in those verses nine through uh, twelve there, <clears throat> just to say that. Little side note here: 
I guess you maybe is what it would categorize as. But uh, Paul is praying the seven spirits of God over these people. In Isaiah 11, it, it's a description, a, a layout of the seven spirits, if you will. And then you flash forward into uh, Revelation. It just multiple times, it talks about the seven spirits of God before the throne, the spirits of God be you know taken from the people. Um, and those spirits of God are listed as um, the spirit of the Lord, which is what we would call the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. All from Isaiah 11, if you want to go back and look that up. Yes? And so, these are the spirits of God, the seven spirits of God. So, these are, as you've many of you have heard me say, when I say that um, this, this, this misnomer that's permeated the modern Americana church that God works in mysterious ways and just hold on tight because you never know what he's going to do. Um, that misnomer, that's just ignorance. And that's just a lack of, uh, that's an apathetic, lazy walk where you've never spent time getting to know your father because if you knew him, you would know what he was doing. He says, I, I now call you friend. I, I invite you into the house of the master for you know all things that I'm doing, he says. He says, for a servant stays out of the house and does not know, but a friend comes in and does know. And he's inviting us into this intimate relationship with him where we begin to not just have the Holy Spirit of power, but we have wisdom and understanding. Counsel, which is the direction of the Lord, um, where he gives us counsel to go forward in life. And we have to decide, do we by faith follow Yahweh or by hard-headed, stiff-necked, stubborn nature, do we go our own way? Wisdom of what he is doing, the knowledge of him, the understanding of how to apply that, the counsel he'll give you to your specific direction, the might, which is like the power to stand in the face of adversity and still walk by faith into these things, the knowledge of him and the fear of the Lord, the fear, as I said earlier, of being living a path contrary to him, being separated from our good God. Paul is praying this over the people. Yes, and uh, again, starting in verse 9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with knowledge of all of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may have a walk worthy of the Lord. Yes, that's that fear of the Lord thing. Yes, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience, long-suffering with joy, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Yes, the inheritance that we have been qualified for to partake of is in the light, my friends. It is not in the darkness. I know that seems like a trivial thing, but there is a massive very distinct line between those two. Our inheritance is in light. Yes, our demise is in the darkness. That's why we constantly push each and every one of you to stare at the light. Don't stare at the problems. Don't fuss and rant and rave. Yes, we mourn and we weep and we lament for the atrocities done against God's people. 
But we are not meant to be people who stare at darkness. We're meant to stare at the solution. Amen. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Amen. Translated us in uh, into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Verse 15, probably one of the most powerful, mind-bending verses in most of the Bible. Verse 15, He, being Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Amen. Sometimes you'll hear us add a little emphasis to the beginning of that, and we'll say that Jesus was the visible image of an invisible God, the firstborn over all of creation. Meaning, time and time again, Jesus was the Word who was in the beginning and created all things. Jesus was the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. That Word was the Word who had been given, coming to and enlightening and empowering all of our forefathers preceding Him. Yes, the Word of God who came to Moses on the mountain, the, the Word of faith that came to Abraham, the Word of salvation that came through Noah. These are all the Word of God. And when Jesus was standing in front of us, He was the perfect manifestation of all of the Word of God who had ever been given to us to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to, to tell us how to live, to tell us how to, how to pursue Him, worship Him, and be in union with Him. Jesus was the perfect manifestation of Him, which is how He could look at people who had studied the Word of God, who knew the Word of God, who the Jews, as it is said, they were given the advantage of carrying the oracles of God they were supposed to be able to recognize him based on his heart, his spirit, his life, his actions. All were the perfect manifestation of God. He is the visible image of an invisible God. God the Father could not be seen because God the Father is veiled into his attributes, if you will. Yes, Jesus is the firstborn over all of creation, implying he's not the only born, he's not the last born, he is the firstborn. We are being transformed into his image as it says, amen, praise God for that. But these lines, that Jesus was the visible image of an invisible God, meaning he was the perfect physical manifestation of the path of God. And he is the firstborn, implying that there are more. And then in other verses, it says that we are being transformed into his image. This is where you begin to see the significance of actually partnering with God, believing in him to the degree that you would actually do what he says to do and live the life that he created you to live and be the, the example, the living witness that he made us to be. This is where the significant, this is where the rubber would meet the road, as they say in our modern language, of are you actually going to represent the visible image of the invisible God? Are you going to recreate that? Are you going to represent that to the world day in and day out? 
Yes, are you going to show the world around you who desperately needs an answer what it looks like to have the visible image of God manifested in your heart and driving to come out of you in your hands, in your feet, in your mouth, in your thoughts, in your eyes? Are you going to show the world what it looks like to have that in your heart? Or are you going to give the world yet another failed um, example of of why God's mercy is so great and just continue to be a, as many describe themselves, wretched sinner who's only going to be free from that struggle through the release of the spirit of death, which is a sad existence to me. But if you just continue to go through life proving to everyone that you are a wretched, that you are a wretched soul who is imperfect in comparison to Jesus, how is that bringing them to Jesus, I ask? Uh, we've all know the thing that kept most of us from coming to God before we came was the hypocrites in the church. So what the church has never been short on is hypocrites. What the church needs now is a rise of the generation of people who believe that the spirit of Yahweh, the power of Jesus is so strong, tangible, and viable on this earth that it could actually change us as humans into his image amen that's all i got to say about verse 15 right now i said i wasn't going to expound on each verse and i am so far not doing great on that but dare to dream what this means amen for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible verse 16 whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Again, verse 18. Uh, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. Yes, Jesus was the firstborn Son of God, to resurrect himself from the grave. Amen. Again, firstborn is implying there would be more resurrection. Firstborn implies there would be more resurrection and that um, he's not the only born from the dead. Yes, and that's why Jesus on numerous occasions says to take up your cross and follow him. Well, friends, where did Jesus what was the outcome of Jesus taking up a cross? He died for our sins. It's the thing that um, changed everything for us. But he didn't say, I will do this so you don't have to. That's that. I don't know where that little slogan came from in the Christian world, that Jesus died on a cross so you wouldn't have to. Probably the most repeated instruction he gave us was, if you want to follow me, you must take up your cross. And so... I think a better description of a uh, slogan for the cross would be Jesus died on a literal cross so that you could die on a figurative one. But nonetheless, my friends, we must take up a cross. We must put ourselves on it. We must let him circumcise our flesh. Yes, no chosen people could be uncircumcised. Now, the circumcision of the uh, actual flesh that we had in the Old Testament covenant, that was, as we go on to learn, 
That was a type and shadow of what was to come. When we get into the New Testament, we get this circumcision of the heart. Amen? And, and, and the circumcision of the flesh was to show us that, that you will not enter into covenant with God while carrying the flesh. They had to remove the flesh. We must remove the flesh of our hearts. We must not be hard-hearted, uncircumcised, adulterous, faithless generation, just like the people that Jesus spoke to. And I think, I think it's... Um, I, I always want to be super positive and super encouraging to everyone, but I think the reality is that um, the growth and, and joy and intimacy with the Lord that, that I have gained over the years did not come because I never considered how awful I, I was by nature. It didn't come from never considering the possibility that I was wrong. It came from constantly knowing that there was a lot in me that wasn't God. There was a lot in me that was seemingly contrary to him when I read his word. And there was so much in the word that I knew was as far from me as the east is from the west. But I dared to believe that this word had enough power to, one, eradicate the enemy from within me, and two, impregnate me with the word of God that he said would bring forth a new man. Yes, but I assure you, your bad attitudes, your selfish motives, your, your, your the, the, the human flesh side of you doesn't get tweaked. It gets killed. He doesn't adjust it. He, let, he circumcises you of it and gives you a new heart, a tablet of flesh. Amen? Amen. Verse 19, For it pleased the Lord that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile, my favorite word, all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. What does it mean to be reconciled? Look that word up. If you don't have a Strong's Concordance, that's a very easy book to use. Uh, we can maybe do a tutorial on how to use those. Um. Uh, also, Logos Bible app has built-in concordances. If you want to download that, I can do a crash course video on how to use that. A uh, real simplified version of it. Very helpful. Uh, you just touch these words and look it up. But reconcile means when you reconcile two things, it's like when a husband and wife are estranged and on, on the wrong, on a, on a path of separation. One's pointed to the east, one's pointed to the west, and the longer they go, the further apart they get. God comes to reconcile us. He comes to take the, the direction you're facing and the direction your partner is facing in this scenario, and he reconciles your faces in the right direction together, and he brings you back together, and he reconciles the two of you. Now imagine that he is the, the, the groom and we are the bride. And sometimes the bride is going in the wrong direction. Jesus came to reconcile us. He came to put us in the union path with him by living this life that he uh, showed us was possible. By living the life of receiving the seeds of of the word, the seeds of grace, the seeds of empowerment, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, receiving his counsel, might, knowledge. You know that uh, most people I meet that that uh, have uh, calamity and chaos constantly in their life, 
They, they, ha- they just want to hold fast to this doctrine that Jesus did this to them to teach them a weird lesson. And I ask, the, I ask many people, it's a very unpopular question, but I ask many people, have you considered that you just weren't doing what he wanted you to do? Because I have to believe that his counsel, his wisdom, his understanding, his knowledge, the fear of him, all of these things, it can't be a constant path of calamity. It just cannot be. Now, there are things that happen all throughout the world, all throughout all of our lives, and there are things that we don't see coming, and there are things that are hard to rectify in our hearts with God just being good all the time. Over time, we tend to see how he works that out. But don't just think that every weird, um, uncomfortable, awkward, um, unfruitful thing in your life is God teaching you a lesson. I almost would reject that. It's going to be a small percentage of of hard-to-understand things if you're actually walking in counsel, understanding, and wisdom, and knowledge. Yes, these are all good things where God wants to glorify His people. Amen? Amen. Reconciliation. Uh, 21, again, And you who once were alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works. When we, when we think evil, when we see evil, when we hear evil, when we only see evil, we do evil. And we are alienated from God through the wicked works of our mind. And that's why any of you, any of you who, know, uh, who know us in ministry know that we are constantly pushing everybody at an unpopular amount of pushing, I would say, to narrow your focus. Don't stare at the world. Don't stare at the news. Don't stare at politics. Stare at Jesus, and he will reconcile your alienated, wicked mind back to himself. Amen. In the body of his flesh through uh, death to present he reconciled, okay, let me start over as a mid-sentence, uh, Twenty uh, back up from into 21 just a little bit. He has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable in his sight. Yes, he wants to reconcile in the body of his flesh through death. Through this cutting off of the circumcision of your heart, through the death, to present you holy, blameless, and irreproachable in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Verse 24. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is in the church, which is the church. Yes, his body is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Verse 26 again. The mystery, the also could be translated hidden truth, the hidden truth which has been hidden from ages and from generations. I say that emphasis there to say, do not take for granted that you know all things about Jesus. Do not. 
It's not even about historical accuracy. It's not even about um, reading extra canonical books. It's not about details that you've missed. It's about the mystery of the truth of Jesus on this earth being continually revealed. And I assure you, the further you go in this journey, the closer you get to him, the more in awe and wonder you will be of him and what he is doing on this earth. And simultaneously, it is shocking to see how powerful it is and simultaneously simple it is. Yahweh is not complicated. He hid himself from the wise and revealed himself to the prudent, uh, 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 to the simple, uh, because there is power in him, not power in us. If it was power in us, only the smartest, fastest, strongest, most resilient would get it. But in Yahweh, it's the most humble, meek, desiring, righteous people who are filled with, who are called sons of God. Amen? Don't take for granted the mystery. I don't want to expound too much more on what that mystery is, but I just want to hopefully whet your appetite for a desire to have the mystery revealed to you. Amen? That's not the only place in the scripture it talks about the mystery being revealed. That's just one of them. Verse 27, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of, of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. How far, how big of a statement is Christ in you, the hope of glory? What does it mean to have a living God inside of your heart? What does it mean to walk and talk with Him, to live in His ways, to live in His paths, does it mean that we can simply turn the other cheek as it says we are to do and that that would have power in it, a power to transform the world around us? Do we just forgive those who are indebted to us and that in that process we actually abolish indebtedness on the earth uh, sooner or later? Do, do, where does the power of Yahweh end? That is the question you should be constantly asking yourself because I think at the, at the root of most of our faith issues is that we don't actually believe that simply doing the simple steps that Jesus told us to do in his, in his ministry of, of proclaiming the kingdom on earth, we don't always believe that good, that simple good would overcome evil. I just encourage you to think about that. Verse 28, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Amen. Amen. Chapter 1 concluded there. I just would encourage you to... Um, I encouraged you in the beginning to read this whole book, four chapters, very simple, or it's simply chapter one at a minimum, just read it straight through. And then we went through and kind of talked through some of that. I would encourage you to pray through, sit with Jesus on, ride in the car with. I assure you, you do not need the radio entertaining your mind constantly. You need to learn to 
um, control your mind. You need to learn how to control it by cutting off. It says take every thought captive, shut it all down and say, Yahweh, Jesus, this is the time right now that I want to spend with you. This is not the only time I want to spend with you. This is just a time I want to spend with you. I'm not going to worry about bills. I'm not going to worry about uh, politics and medical stuff and concerns and fears and whatever it may be. This is the time where I just want to receive from you, Jesus. Yes? And I want you to um, not demand that he speak to you on these things, but in your mind, if you're pondering the thoughts of what it means to be the visible image of an invisible God, if you're pondering in your heart the the thoughts of uh, Jesus being the firstborn, not the onlyborn, not the lastborn, the firstborn from the dead. If you're pondering in your in your heart um, the the reconcile all things to Himself, what falls under the category of all? Yes, in these verses, it was talking about thrones and principalities and dominions, and and I didn't expound on that at all because that is a colossal landmine of fun. Ponder in your heart. What does the word all mean? All things get reconciled to himself eventually. And not uh, last but not least, the mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you are pondering on these things, these thoughts, and you're uh, seeking in your word, seeking in your heart, seeking from our God, the answers, the depths of these mysteries to be revealed to you, when you come before him and you don't, we don't demand that he gives us these answers. We'll take whatever he wants to talk. Whatever Jesus wants to talk to you about that day in your heart, that's what you should want to talk about. But I assure you, if you are considering these things, these are often or the things that he will speak to you on because he wants to speak your he wants to speak to your heart. Yes, he wants to speak to your heart and he but he must speak his own language that is a very important distinction because we read his word because this is from his heart this is his language he didn't speak english i don't mean that i mean this is his heart cry manifested on paper so as we read it and ponder it and sit with it we're learning his language and he must speak his own language to us so if your thoughts your, your cares, your concerns, your desires are, are all rooted in and, and, and sourced from God's language to us, then he has a really easy time communicating to us. Yes, if all of your thoughts, cares, and concerns are rooted in the very things that he said to avoid because they would be like the little leaven that would leaven the whole lump and you wouldn't be able to get it out of the lump once it was in there if all you consume yourself on is those things i assure you many of you may already know this you will cry out to god cry out to god cry out to god time and time again and then you will begin to say where are you god how do you not hear my my cries my cares my concerns my questions because he's never answering some of you even then go on to think, uh, maybe I just can't hear. Some of you go on to think he just doesn't care. No, my friends, you just might be on the wrong channel. This, this walking and talking and reading the word, rooting it in your heart, and don't you dare put things in competition with it if you want to have this relationship with God. Yes, do your jobs. Do your jobs unto the glory of God. He will bless that. Yes, 
Do your jobs with this rooted in your heart. Be a good spouse unto the glory of God with this rooted in your heart. Be a good parent. Be a good um, uh, member of your community, a good uh, contributor to the world around you with this in your heart. We don't have to obsess over the world of darkness to be able to serve it as an example for light. We have to be obsessed with light. We have to be obsessed with His words, His language, and we have to walk and talk with Yahweh if we want Him to walk and talk with us. The fear of the Lord keeps us on the path where He talks. Amen? Uh, Again, I don't... um, a lot of what I shared there about the importance of walking and talking with God through Scripture, it's, it's kind of the heartbeat of what we're doing here. Um, I'm don't, I don't think I need to do that on every chapter of every episode, uh, but please don't lose sight of that. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Talk to you later.